0: Hello and welcome to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. I'm your host, Emma Gibbs-Ung. Each show, I'll be using a combination of interviews with incredible high performers from around the world who have achieved greatness, overcome adversity and never given up, as well as solo episodes from me sharing my own personal journey as a leading mindset coach, helping to inspire, support and guide you to create a high performance mindset so you can achieve success in all areas of your life. So are you ready to bring mindset to life and feel inspired? Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. This week I'm joined by Scott Jenkins. Last year I had the pleasure of kicking off my podcast with an interview with Scott. The feedback was incredible and so I've invited him back to talk some more, only this time we're going to be delving in deeper about his mindset. And getting an insight into how he prepares for some of the most testing and dangerous challenges. Even while we're in lockdown, Scott is in the middle of a grueling training program to prepare him for the biggest challenge to date, bad water. Now, if you haven't heard of bad water, and I had to do my research on this, um, <laughs> but bad water is described as the world's toughest foot race. It's 135 miles at 279 feet below sea level in Death's Valley in California on top of all of that you're going to be running in 130 degrees (laughs) so just a little one not 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 too challenging in any way (laughs) shape or form um so yeah so um thank you obviously Scott for coming back for giving um precious time in between your training to come and speak to me again I do appreciate it
1: you're very welcome uh, first of all, thank you for the lovely introduction, um, and secondly, uh, thank you for having me back on the show as well, it's an absolute pleasure to come on. Um, it was my first podcast as well that I, I did with you, so it's good to be back for a second time. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm good, I'm, um, as you say, in the middle of a training programme at the moment for, for the Badwater 135, which is due to take place... Uh, tentatively touch wood cross fingers on the 6th of uh, July in California Um, it's difficult to train for such a thing uh, during lockdown Um, but you've got to put things like that into perspective and you know running is a hobby to me and ultimately it's a difficult challenge but it pales in comparison to what people are going for on a day-to-day basis at the moment you know, our frontline staff, the, the friends and family of people suffering with, with COVID as well. So, you know, whilst it's, it's difficult to, to run 135 miles, it's nothing to, compared to what those guys do. So, um, yeah, I'm fe- feeling fairly positive and, and looking forward to the challenge.
0: Good, good. Uh, you know, putting it into perspective, you're. I mean, obviously this challenge is, is huge, but um, we are in an interesting time at the moment and obviously lockdown... Is um, pushing buttons with everybody to then add into a, a gruelling training regime. I'm yeah. sure it's not always the easiest, but um, obviously, last time I spoke to you, you had completed numerous challenges, um, all in my eyes, totally awesome, but very crazy. And as much as I would love <laughs> to do it, oof, I'm just not sure. Um, but you spoke a lot during that interview about bad water. Um, and that this was like almost the ultimate challenge for you it was the one that you really wanted to get into and it was application only Um, and having now finally got accepted into that how does it feel to be taking part in one of the craziest most dangerous challenges
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, it feels pretty cool actually and I guess over the last you know two months it's kind of like weird scenario because you're thinking well it might go ahead so I've got a plan like it's going ahead because you don't want to get kind of caught behind the eight ball and I've been kind of thinking about this race and and doing things to be able to complete a suitable application for this race for the last 10 years so um, the way that I'm viewing it is that you know if the race goes ahead this year that's fantastic um but i've already waited 10 years to to get in so another year is not going to make so much difference um i think you know bad water to me is a race that i've always wanted to do i think that you know to to be selected and invited to to get into that race is you know in the sport that i like to do ultra running is uh you know it's a real honor to to get into that race so um uh, it's it's a tough challenge it's going to be a very difficult race uh, if it goes ahead this year and um you know i think i'm i'm really proud well i know i'm really proud to to run alongside my brother who also got into the race which is is pretty awesome so i think you know number one goal is to to finish the uh, the race and you know number two is that hopefully we'll become the the, the first brothers to to complete it in the, the same year which will be good
0: and number three is to beat him
1: yeah get that on the record number three it's just i don't care if it's half a meter or a meter uh, you know that would be quite nice maybe maybe if he's ahead of me on coming into the last bend he can just you know step aside and let me come through that would be nice
0: (laughs) i mean the fact that obviously is a grueling um challenge anyway but to add into the mix of is it going ahead is it not is it going ahead is it not how is that impacting you mentally with regards to preparation for
1: it, um, it's tough. It, it 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 is tough. I'm not going to lie about it. Um, there's good days and and bad days, and you know I think Abby would my my wife Abby would acknowledge that you know some days I'm I'm quite cheery about it, and other days I'm not. Um, to give you an example, last week I went out. Uh, I think it was last Tuesday. I went out for a run. I was planning on doing like seven or eight miles. And um, I did three, my legs just felt really heavy, um, you know, not even 5K. I kind of traipsed back and, you know, Abby said, how was your run? And I said, well, I wasn't very good. So I was in a really bad mood, not from anything other than the run itself. So I just kind of sat on the floor and sat there for like half hour, kind of rubbing my legs and trying to get a bit of life back into them. And, you know, just kind of put things into perspective that, actually it's okay at the moment for you to have good and bad days and it's not really what matters um what matters is that when you you get to where you want to be in life whether it's your you know your work-based goal uh, or for me you know currently this this running-based goal what really matters is, is how you perform on that day It's okay to have a bad day every now and again, and it's normal for people to have that. And I think, you know, when you think about the current situation, people's mental health is going to be affected. There's no doubt about it. Um, And I think, you know, just stopping and pausing and saying, okay, it's all right to be angry. It's all right to be annoyed is absolutely fine. Um, And that's a lot like the, um, the challenge of ultra running. In my experience of the races that I've done, you know, They are very difficult. They are long races. Um, But I think one of the things that really appeals to me is the fact that they're like a microcosm of life. So basically, uh, you know, if if you're doing a 240 mile race or a half marathon or a marathon, there's going to be challenges uh, and those challenges differ along the way. And, you know, when you think about life, whatever your goal is, whether it's in business, whether it's in running, whether it's in your job or whatever it might be, you're always going to face challenges and obstacles to to overcome. And it's almost the case of, you know, how do you solve those problems and keep moving forward?
0: Totally, Um, and and I love that, Um, that whole, um, I was about to say analogy, yeah, analogy with the fact that, you know, sport and life. See, I find with sport, pretty much everyone can relate to it in some way. Sport kind of unites people, as we know, to a lot of levels. And whenever we're thinking about things, it's often easier to understand it in a sporting context. Um, But, you know, life is is very similar. And actually, I having known you um, for as long as I have, I know that obviously there have been elements of your running that you've really transferred into your career and into life in general, which have really helped you. With regards to obviously ultra marathons, because they aren't your normal running race they're not i mean london marathon is is huge and yet this is double that like you just said 240 miles um (laughs) you, you were talking about um when we were off camera and then obviously this one being 135 how do you prepare for all the elements so obviously you've naturally got your physical fitness and your physical stamina and you said about how you felt heavy and and your legs just weren't, you weren't necessarily in the right um, physical um, space or condition to run the other day. But, so one, how do you cope with that? But two, mentally, this is huge because to, to be stood at the starting point of 135 miles in 130 degrees is no mean feat. Like that's massive. So how do you mentally prepare for that at home and then also in the lead up to the event?
1: Yeah, and that, that's a really good question. Um, um, and I think there's, you know, there's different layers to the answer. And I think, you know, to, to just kind of get into to what I would do, you know, i use the the moab 240 as an example so the moab 240 for your listeners is a um 240 mile uh foot race it's non-stop around the uh, mountains deserts and and canyons of utah and i uh i did that race last year and um i got up early on the friday morning at like 5 a.m and you know knew right then i probably wasn't gonna be back inside a building or in a bed or anywhere like that for like a at least another 80 hours and um you know if you sit and you think about that as one big thing then it's going to become overwhelming it's going to affect your uh, your mindset quite negatively and you know I just couldn't afford to think like that so you know during my training I made sure that I tried to you know um complete exercises and not just mentally but also physically into that would be similar to uh, the race that I had coming up. So, the way that I did that was I found smaller races, which were like 130 and 245 mile races. And then during those races, I used um, the experiences to, to practice what I do, to use the same kit, um, to practice techniques to stay awake because um, obviously a sleep deprivation I think I slept for three hours in 93 hours in the end uh, at the Moab uh, which was just absolutely insane um, you know the the hallucinations and things like that which uh, would come with that kind of sleep deprivation are, are truly quite terrifying at times um, but for me it was just a kind of case of, of breaking down whatever the goal is so that race was 240 miles okay so let's break it down let's look at the kind of moments along the way that will add up to the finish so number one get to the first aid station take some fuel get some food on board make sure i've got enough water and then get to the second aid station it's like 17 miles and so on and so forth now just like life during that kind of race you're going to be presented with a series of different obstacles and challenges and it's how you react to those obstacles and challenges that will determine whether you make it to the end or not and that's why I like these races because as you can imagine as you get more and more tired it becomes more and more difficult to um, to overcome those obstacles and challenges and Again, that's quite similar in life. You know, I work in uh, Depew, Synthes as a regional sales manager. If you look at the sales process of uh, converting a large account across to uh, your products, it's never going to be a case of you just walk right in there and they say, hey, Emma, I really want you to have all the business. It's going to be a case of this is a long-term project and I'm going to encounter different obstacles. How do I overcome them? And it's the same with running, right? You just take stock of the situation. You encounter setbacks, you get back up, you move forward, you find solutions. And in ultra running quite often, that's blisters, it's food, it's avoiding injury. Um, It's making sure you've got the right clothes on. It's making sure you're not too tired. Um, And in business, it's different types of challenges. So um, I think there's a, a lot that we can learn from our mindset in sport that you can transfer to business and business to sport as well.
0: Definitely. And what I love about that is the fact that you speak about the importance of breaking it down. And that is so important in life in general because quite often we have an end goal um, and we we expect to know everything right there and then. But actually you on the start line is going to be a different person to you entering day four as you're yeah. about to end that one in Utah. Um, and so it's so important for you, to, like you say, to break it down and learn from the process. How do you cope? Like, do you have any routines that mental routines that you use throughout those stages? So from the start line to the first check-in point, um, do you have any visualizations or um, anything like that that you pull on um, before the race and then also during the race to help you come through?
1: Um... Yeah I suppose I I, I do you know and the first thing I do is that I have like certain bits of kit that I like to make sure that I've got and I've got on I've got you know my sunglasses my backpack and that helps me focus and then I've got my favorite pair of shorts and it's almost that kind of it's a little bit like putting on armor to kind of protect yourself so that you you feel not invincible but you feel that you know okay I'm ready I've got everything lined up to go and then um, for me it's just kind of getting into that headspace of accepting right this is going to be difficult there's no doubt about it but it, it, this is you know what you've paid for ultimately you want this experience it is a life-changing experience running 240 miles and if everyone ever fancies having a go at it I recommend it it's um, in a weird way kind of therapeutic because you you're out there and it's just you against you and it, yeah if your listeners are listening, they're probably thinking, wow, that's like massively physical. And it's not, it's like almost 75% mental because you know what, it's going to hurt. It's just inevitable that it'll, you know, it will hurt. It's at what point it will hurt and how you can overcome that. And for me, it's a case of focusing on the reasons why I'm there in the first place. Quite often it's um, to raise money for a charity, which I'm uh, an ambassador for, which is operation smile um it's listening to music to distract your mind it's thinking about those little um bonuses that you can give yourself so thinking to myself right okay if i get to 50 miles i'm gonna have a pizza and just you know it's life's not so bad after all and i think that's a lot like trying to you know even look look at the current situation you know i'm sure there's people out there listening thinking Oh my God! You know, when is the end of COVID coming? Am I going to be locked in this house, you know, on my own, or with my family forever and ever? Kind of thing. And actually, you know, break it down day by day, and you know, do something every day to to think. Okay, I'm going to get out for a walk, clear my head, take some fresh air in. Uh, maybe I'll reward myself at the end of the week with a glass of wine or order something off Amazon. And it's so important to give yourself those little boosters if you like to your mindset and that's what I do during races you know try and not think about that end goal but think about the goals that are going to get me to the end
0: and that why piece is massive I did mm. um, I did a post on it today actually because it's so important when you connect to a why it gives you courage resilience focus clarity yeah. it gives you so much motivation um, to keep going because it's personal to you And it sets you apart from anybody else. Um, So, you know, I I love that. You also mentioned about how um, when you were in Utah and you were running for four days, it was you against you. And that's, for me, the biggest person that ever gets in anybody's way is themselves. And so
1: um,
0: how do you keep on top of you in that aspect? Like, because... You mentioned hallucinations there. (laughs) A bit blasé, but I know it wasn't because we had this (laughs) conversation a minute ago. But if we talk about it from like a a bit of a a serious point of view, like there are going to be some fear elements throughout that four days for you where it is you against you. How do you get out of your head, out of the fear head, and focus on the why? Like how do you pull yourself through that part?
1: It's difficult. There's, a, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, it's obviously a lot easier uh, at the beginning of the race because you, you're less tired. And, you know, I, am very fortunate in that when I did that race, I had three of my good friends with me. Uh, well, I say one of them is my wife. So she's definitely my good friend. And the other two are great friends as well. Um, and to be honest, you know, the number one motivating factor is probably I'm scared of my wife. So I better run. Um, But once that's out of the way, it is you against you. And um, for me, it's just a case of trying to put things into perspective, uh, which, again, becomes difficult the more tired you get. And, you know, to to give you an example, I found myself kind of running through these mountains in Utah. It's minus eight, uh, two o'clock in the morning. And, you know, I'm on the side of this mountain that's 11,000 foot up. And it was only afterwards when I got back, I... I kind of paused and thought about that. And, you know, I would never go to Ben Nevis in the middle of uh, winter and decide to just go and climb it. And Ben Nevis isn't even half the height of that mountain. And it's just, um, it's just a case of, right. You know, when you find yourself in a situation, digging in and finding that almost mental resilience and fortitude to find a way to keep moving forward. And, um, it does become quite scary at times. You know, you're alone in the dark running around the side of a mountain you're thinking, right, you know, is there going to be any end to this? And actually quite often it's, it's a case of going back a few months in your head and thinking, okay, why did I do this? Why did I set myself that goal in business or in a race? Um, and ultimately it was to, to challenge yourself, to step outside of your comfort zone. And, you know, I think, in in life I've probably learned the most about myself from ultra running and actually the kind of attributes that I've learned from ultra running have led me to you know the the job that I'm in it's almost directly responsible and you mentioned then you know um, quite often when it's you against you it's ourselves that get in the way Mm. and you know for me before I worked for j and I don't think I'd ever have believed that that was possible to work for such a big organization and the one thing that it kind of made me believe um was you know prior to applying for that job I, I ran 2,000 miles across America and it was at that point where I was forced into a situation I had no choice I'd started the run my flight wasn't coming home for another three months didn't have enough money to to get another flight that I thought well you, you you've got to. Back it up now. You've got to do this, and you know, that's exactly what I did. And covered like seventy-five marathons in seventy-five days. And um, when I got back on the plane, that was the point where I realised actually, you know, anything is is, is possible in life. You have just got to challenge yourself to go out there and, and get it.
0: One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And and we all have limits. And I think you are a prime example of like when you focus on your why, and you commit to it, you're able to expand those limits more and more and to to use everything as experience. Because I suppose principally running 240 miles or running 130 miles principally is the same. It's just mentally it's a little bit different. But then there's, am I right in saying that again is it different or is it there's just more rinse and repeat on the mental part you've got to dig <laughs> a bit deeper but but principally you're still doing the same things that you always do you always break it down you always so it's just not being afraid and to to try and thinking that you've got because you're trying something bigger you've got to do it differently it's actually do what works but keep doing it
1: yeah yeah it is and uh, you know in ultra running you talk a lot about the the pain cave and how deep the pain cave goes and actually you know the pain cave is just a figment of the imagination you know it, it's your body telling you oh you've had enough and i always think that your mind will convince you to stop way before your, your body ever does and i think you know in these races it's always going to be tough you've just got to find a way to keep pushing forward um the I think when I pause and I think about like ultra running, I I think that I've learned way more from my failures than I ever did from any success. And, you know, I've made pl- plenty of mistakes. I've DNF'd at races and actually, you know, one of them, uh, was a race in the UK, it was a hundred mile race and I got caught between two aid stations without enough clothes on me. Uh, it, got really uh, really cold really quickly next to a river um wasn't expecting it made a mistake and and that was the end of the race because of starting to shake and you know couldn't go on and then you know fast forward a couple of years later i found myself in a 240 mile race with a very similar scenario um but this time you know the learning had been from my previous mistake don't ever get caught in that situation again and you know, I'd taken the time prior to that that race to look at all the aid stations, look at the distance in between and say, aha, OK, there, there's an intentional bit of uh, work on the course there that is there to challenge you. And, you know, you need to make sure that you leave the aid station at 20 miles. You've got all of your cold weather clothes with you because you're not going to get to see your team again until 70 miles. And you better believe it's going to drop to like minus eight around 6 p.m. which is about four hours before you'll see your crew so in that situation if I hadn't learned from what happened beside the the river Thames a few years ago I could quite easily have found myself exposed to hypothermia at least 30 miles away from you know any kind of safety net or any kind of support so it's uh it's taking those learnings and you know not being too proud to kind of blank out a mistake but actually critically assess it and say okay, what did you do wrong? It's okay to get something wrong. What's not okay is to not learn from that mistake.
0: Exactly. I was going to ask, you know, how do you um, overcome disappointment um, or failings, or I don't like the word failings, but when things don't go according to plan, but like like you've just said here, you know, it's the importance of not taking it personally and learning from it um, yeah. and and growing from it because... Certainly in my my mind, and I think you're probably the same, there is no such thing as failure. So every experience you have, you get information, whether it's what works or what doesn't. And then from that information, that you then decide the next step. Whether Mm -hmm. it's, well, I won't do that again, or I need to keep doing this and keep moving forward with this. Um, And I think that's really important because too many people don't do things because they're worried about failing.
1: Yeah. I I think, you know, the the point there about, you know, I won't do that again. It's a case of maybe I I won't make that mistake again, but you should put yourself in that situation again, because otherwise it's succeeded is is my, you know, you've made that failure. So now take that uh, opportunity to stare that demon in the face and and do it again and and prove to yourself that you can do it. And that's how you move forward through failure. Mm, Love it. Love
0: it. How do you um, protect your well-being during all of these challenges?
1: I try to run as quickly away from my wife as possible. (laughs) um, But after 240 miles, I I can't really get away from her that quickly anymore. So um, uh, outside of that, you know, if it's mental well-being, then it's the case of, well, (laughs) you've just got to put your armour on and find a way through the problems. In terms of physical uh, well-being, it's a case of, okay, well, you know, before the race, I take the the rest periods that I need, um, you know, ahead of that kind of distance, make sure I take on enough carbohydrate, fat, protein, et cetera. And then after the race, I would love to say, uh, it'd be a nice sports massage, but, um, you know, that's, uh, no longer on the menu when it comes to COVID-19, I'd suggest. So fortunately I did get a, uh, one of these massage guns for Christmas from, uh, my wife primarily so that she doesn't have to massage me anymore, which is great. Cause my, my feet look a, a little like a banged up packet of Richmond sausages, <laughs> I would say. Um, so uh yeah the massage guns come in very handy for keeping uh track of my physical well-being should i say
0: but uh, and you know the the physical element i get is the i think it's the mental side that just intrigues me more um Mm. from that protection you've you've mentioned mental health and even like going slightly off piece here but not necessarily so much um but like I've been doing the Joe Wicks PE, not quite your. How's test. his
1: wrist? Is his wrist getting better?
0: Not really, because he keeps keeps leaning on it. But he mm. has had so many people contact him saying that their mental health has improved massively. Some people yeah. um, haven't been able to, like, leave the house previously or get out of bed or have had severe um, depression for years and have dedicated like these last few weeks to join him and have noticed significant changes in their mental health and sport obviously with you know the endorphins and serotonin and all that amazing stuff does really help with that but how does how I mean you're taking it to the next extreme to protect your mental state and your mental well-being during these really fatigued deep deep oh shit type moments
1: how do you do that well i i'm going to turn that around slightly and and say that actually i think that we as a species somewhere along the way associated comfort with mental well-being and actually i i think that as we get older in life, you know, when we get towards the end of our time in in the world, we want to look back on things and accomplishments. And actually, I I think that, you know, and this is just my philosophy, amateur theory, if you like, but I want to look back personally and think, okay, you know, I challenged myself in life. Um, You know, I went out and did some things that were, you know, some people might look at it and go a bit crazy, but actually, you know, am I the crazy one because I want to live life and have an adventure and challenge myself physically and mentally along the way? Or, you know, is potentially the, the crazy one, the person that sits on the sofa, watches Netflix every night and, you know, doesn't really go outside of their comfort zone. So, you know, that's why I say, I think we kind of associate comfort <laughs> and misplaced it as as well-being and actually it's not. And perhaps you're, you know, analogy there of people saying to Joe Wicks, wow, you know, I've really got into sport and started enjoying this during lockdown is a, a bit of a wake-up call because I think as a species, and we know it throughout history, we were, we were mobile, active, uh, physical species, hunters that, you know, used to chase down animals for food source over days. That's what we were meant to do. And somewhere along the way, we got shoved into modern-day factories which are dressed up as offices and forgot all about well-being and you know how many people at home now are working from home and finding time at lunch to go out and get a bit of fresh air rather than working through their lunch sitting with a sandwich in hand tons and you know what they're probably benefiting quite a lot from it so you know i would encourage people i'm not saying go out and run 240 miles but do something for charity. Set set yourself a little goal, like five k, ten k, half marathon, whatever it is. Something that you know really infuses you to get out and, and be active. And I think you might find that you know the well being thing comes along with that.
0: Totally. You know, going back to to the lockdown, um we've got gardens past us out here, and at the start, you see loads of people walking and running, which I'd never seen before. All of that, it's and great. again. Going back to the Joe Wicks, I mean, I exercise anyway, and, and, but I've always been really busy. So I'd exercise every day, but I would then have to quickly take Max to preschool. So it used to be half an hour max. Now I exercise for an hour and a half every day. And, I, and I'm loving Great. it. Yeah, noticing a massive difference. But one of the things when it first started, it was a novel thing, a novelty thing. And so like a million people um, joined to watch it or joined in. Um, and now eight weeks down, there's about 250,000 um, homes that, that consistently log in. That is a mindset choice, it's gone from a novel thing to actually th- these are the committed people. Um, and I just think that with um, well-being, mental and physical, it's a choice, it is a choice. Um, and consistency will benefit and, and make a massive difference. Um, but I think you're, you know, you are spot on in the fact that there has been some blurred lines with comfort and well being not sitting in our comfort zone. And actually it's not necessarily the case because quite often people aren't happy in their comfort zones.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, My day off tomorrow, uh, I'm, I'm going to run 50 miles just because I feel like a, a caged animal, not having been able to run that kind of distance recently. So, um, yeah I think you know even just putting those little challenges in along the way can help you get to where you want to be but also improve your your mental well-being and you know for me it's a great opportunity to get out and run some miles and have a trainer run tomorrow but also it's not much as uh, that mental aspect of you know feeling outdoors and, and being a little bit free again I suppose. Yeah
0: definitely um how do you step into your co- like confidence with regards to your abilities i mean i know obviously you've got a lot of faith in your abilities The fact on your day off you're running just a 50 mile mile run um is when you're when you need to step up how do you step into that come that that confidence you said you put on your armor and i remember because i used to run National Athletics, and I always used to have lucky running knickers. I always (laughs) used to put one spike on before the other one.
1: They big old bloomers, uh, were they?
0: Oh, big old (laughs) bloomers, yeah. Well, they had to fit in the big old bloomers that were running knickers. (laughs)
1: um,
0: But I always had a little ritual of having to have to have a couple pairs, because often can be over the weekend. Had to put my spikes on a certain way, and I always touched my ring on my left finger like and that got me in the zone and then obviously like you saying bolt he always does his little yeah whatever um you know does that like when you say you put on your kit does that get you into the zone does that get you into the confidence or is there something else that goes with that
1: no no it's definitely that kind of uh thing putting on the kit making sure that you know i think sometimes you know just in life you know you feel good uh, if you feel like you look good then you feel good right okay. so you know for me it's a case of right okay you know going to like a big race like bab water or moab you know there's a lot of really good runners there from all around the world so you know it's a case of not feeling you know like you're caught up in the the kind of razzmatazz of the event and all these big names and stuff and, and actually just thinking you, you've done all this training, trust in the training that you've done, trust in, in the process and actually, you know, it's a case of putting everything on, putting that armour on, uh, listening to a little bit of music and and getting your head kind of in the zone to, to go out and accomplish your goal and that's the key. I, I do like music a lot actually when I'm running. I, I find that very... Good for a distraction perspective, but also good to kind of help you focus before the race too.
0: Totally, I, I love music, and you often again see a lot of sports people with their headphones on. Don't that's
1: you? why they do it. That's absolutely why they yeah. do it to kind of get themselves in that zone for sure.
0: Just, just one final, um, well, actually two or questions, but one like one big one, one just um, a little mindset mantra when nice. you're competing in these events how how do you stay disciplined to focus on your race rather than what everyone else is doing like i know like you're running with reese your brother then bad water bad water. Um, but but that aside you know the other competitors how do you just focus on what you need to do rather than getting caught up in the comparisons
1: that's a very good question because um, I think one of the classic mistakes in ultra running, especially over is classic um, tortoise and hare, right? Cause you, you start a hundred mile race and the classic thing you see is that you see all these you know, people with all the gear um, and you know, I've, I've done it as well, all the gear, no idea. And you, you kind of think, Right, okay. You're at the start of a hundred mile race and you see people take off like they're they're gonna run a half marathon. Now, you know, out of those fifty people, maybe one can survive running a hundred miles. And actually it's having the um the patience to understand that you don't need to run flat out straight out the gate having the the patients to trust in your plan um actually you know one of the physical things that you know i have tried to incorporate into my own running is run into heart rate zones so i know that if my heart rate sits in 100 to 140 um that i can potentially maintain that for 24 hours or more as long as i take on 400 calories an hour which is it's achievable. And I know that if my heart rate goes too high, I'm dehydrated. If it goes too low, I'm not getting enough calories in. So I've got that physical kind of uh, reminder through the technology that actually, you know, you've got to stay in that heart rate zone, stay in that heart rate zone, trust the train, trust the process and you get to where you need to be, but also don't get caught up in in trying to sprint against somebody else at the beginning of a mile race. Leave that for the last hundred meters. (laughs)
0: Mm. yeah and really comparisons is square pegs around holes isn't it because like you said at the beginning you're you're racing against you
1: exactly you got you you're spot on so you've got to beat yourself before you can beat anyone else and and that's that's the key for these races and you know whatever you want to achieve in life as well you know you've got to make sure that you're 100% committed and you've got your your goals in your mind and you truly believe in them. And then you can start beating other people.
0: Totally. Awesome. Scott, honestly, I could, I could talk to you for for (laughs) hours on end. Do you have a particular mantra that you use or a little saying that you say during a race at the start of a race or, you know, through the bad days where things are a bit of a struggle, just to give you that kick.
1: Um, so I do have a, a little mantra, but also, you know, during the, the races themselves, I've, I have started doing a little thing with my fingers as well. When I start to, um, you know, feel a lot of pain just by kind of, and I'm doing it now, like your uh, listeners are going to see what's going on, of course, um, just little things like finger exercises, playing with your, your fingers and just doing things to distract your brain from the pain uh, is certainly something that I've learned to do uh, in these longer races. Um, but if I was to choose a mantra, I think it would be relentless forward motion.
0: Ooh, nice. You know, I've not, not heard of that one before. <laughs> but also going back to the fingers, that's all anchoring in, in my world, um, which is really good because it is, like you say, like a distraction and then it takes you away. From like from the pain, like if you look at any child, the minute they cry, you distract them from whatever it is that that upset them in the first place, and it is such a an, a really valuable tool that we should continue to use. But somewhere the, along the line, in childhood to adulthood, it sort of gets lost. But yeah. I love that that you bring that back because it is so true. The minute you distract, because again. Uh, one of my favourite sayings is "energy follows thought," and so if you're focusing on pain, you're going to get more pain. But if you're distracting yourself away from that, it's going to take you away from that physical.
1: Absolutely, and, physical. and if you want to see uh, how that works in in children, I suggest you come along to the end of or uh, well, last ten miles of a two hundred and forty mile race, and you'll see me regress into to being a child, child. and throwing tantrums on the floor and all sorts.
0: Gosh, Do you know, what? <laughs> I'd love to come and see you run, actually.
1: Well, you're very much welcome to anytime yeah. you want. No, you're more than welcome. Absolutely uh, my wife Abby, would love the company. I'm sure.
0: <laughs> I know. But I always seeing Abby um, there on the support crew, and I know that Vic would love to to come along as well. But it would it would. Be, well, let's make it
1: happen. That would be great. Yeah, well, let's love to have you guys out definitely.
0: there. Yeah, sure. maybe not in America with everything that's going on, but certainly in a more localized event. Um, I've, I've said it live now so we. I'm and and
1: when when you come to crew for me it quite often involves you know uh, pacing alongside for sections as well so bring your running kit and we can um do a little podcast live if you want oh
0: do you know what that's a thought
1: yeah <laughs> there you 100 go litres. yeah as <laughs> long as you bring me some pizza and some uh, some drinks and we'll be all good
0: the only thing is i can't run and talk that's the problem
1: Oh, I won't be running that fast by the end anyway, no. so. It'd be oh, all good. Good. <laughs>
0: but no, let's let's do that. Let's try and make that happen. But um, sure. in between all of that, best of luck with Thank um, you. with your event. Um, fingers crossed that it goes ahead. If it does, um, you find out on the first of June. So if you could just let me have a link for sponsorship, then I can add it onto the show notes here as well um are there any other links that that we can add to follow your progress in your journey
1: um yeah thank you and um, thank you thank you for having me on the show it's uh, it's been a pleasure catching up with you again yeah. um so yeah, I'll, I'll be doing it for Operation Smile, which is the charity that I'm ambassador for, they a uh, great charity. They do um, surgical intervention for children uh, with cleft lips and cleft palates all around the world. Um, so I'll, I'll get that link to you when it's, it's up and live. Um, but if people want to see how I'm getting on, you can follow me on uh, do they call it an Instagram handle? Is that what they call it? Is yeah. it a handle on social media? Uh, my handle, uh, I guess you'd say, is um, at Scott J Jenkins. And on Facebook, it's uh, the Jenko Bros, which is me and my brother who love to take on these insane challenges all over the world. So, um, yeah, check us out on there. Do you
0: do
1: any lives while you're running? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I love a, I love a little live uh, update. Um Moab, I couldn't really do many um, because I was just too tired to get my phone out of my pocket. And also I I get told off by the crew for spending too much time on my phone occasionally. Um, And also there was no signal in the middle of nowhere. Bad Water, the team will be updating it from uh, a couple of points on the course because quite often these races are in really remote places. And um, as you can imagine, signal's limited, but you'll be able to follow all the progress on there in the summer.
0: Awesome. Well, I'll add all of that onto the show notes and um, obviously keep me updated and then I can let people know whether it's going ahead. If not, then I'm sure you'll be signing up to another one that we can all sponsor you on anyway.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on and Thank lovely you. catch Great
0: up. And lovely to see you. Take Thank care. You. Bye, Bye for now.